Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. Our Old Testament reading this day for the transfiguration of our Lord is from Exodus chapter 34. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Now whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he had commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, for the skin of Moses' face was shining. And Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with them. This is the word of our Lord. Our epistle reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and also beginning of chapter 4. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened for this to this or to this day, when they would read the old covenant that the same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's Word. But by the open statement of the truth, we will commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake, for God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, 
and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses. And they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell them no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Well, good morning. Grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, this may sound like a dumb question, just preparing you. I take it that, you know, you, most of you have lived in Minnesota your entire lives, so I take it all of you have been to Duluth, right? At some point or another? Anyone been up to see the lighthouse, Split Rock? Wonderful, wonderful lighthouse, a wonderful landmark. See, that lighthouse is interesting. You know, it was built back in 1910. It was in full use until it was decommissioned in 1969. And throughout those years, it had one job. Protecting freighters as they were coming into shore. Bringing goods with them. And they were there. The lighthouse was designed to protect them from falling upon the rocks. Because as one person put it, that was the most turbulent waters they have ever seen. Found in the north, on the north shore there in Lake Superior. You know, during that time, a myriad of ships have been kept safe from running into one another, depositing their goods at the shore and going back the way they came from. Most of the time without any accidents because of this lighthouse. You know, lighthouses have been used throughout all of history to help mariners to reach the shore, and they've been found around the world over. In that constant light, shining against the darkness of night, shining through the thick clouds of a storm at sea. Yes, you and I should be thankful for the invention of the lighthouse. How many goods get shipped overseas and how many times we were wait upon these lighthouses to guide these ships into shore. Now, most of these lighthouses are not run by men anymore. Most have been turned over to fully electric and now they just shine whenever. But for a time, they were manned by so many people. Now, but what does a lighthouse have to do with Scripture? You know, sure, there is popular contemporary music out there, such as My Lighthouse by Ren Collective, Shine a Light by Elevation Worship, or my personal favorite, In the Light by DC Talk. You know, not every song I listed mentions a lighthouse, but each one highlights the light of Christ that saved them from the danger and the darkness of this world. You see, you and I get to see that light, even if it's for a brief moment there on Mount Transfiguration. Yes, in our gospel in Mark 9, we see Peter, James, and John given a special glimpse, a glimpse of the full glory of Christ 
as he's standing there talking to Moses and to Elijah, radiant against everything else around them. Or as Mark describes it, as his, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. It was as if a lighthouse was set upon Mount Transfiguration. The disciples were, just, were directed to listen and to only see Christ. The only light and direction they needed in this life and in the life to come. Though what took place was only just a glimpse, a brief moment, that did not only stay there. It did not remain there atop that mountain. Nor did it just stay with the three disciples. But it passed out from them. It went out from Jerusalem. It went out from the land of Judea. Out to the surrounding countryside. And indeed, out into the, all the world. Especially following the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as that light of Christ continued to move out further and further with each passing person, Jew and Gentile alike began to see the world through the light of Christ. And as we come to our epistle reading this morning, we see Paul hiding this, highlighting this exact same light. The light of the gospel of our Lord. A light that has truly reached the people of Corinth. As he writes, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. See, this is the only light that they needed to see. It may have shown brighter and will shine brighter than anything else in all of creation. However, although as some may have seen this light, this light did not reach everyone. It wasn't as if they were out of range, you know, because the human eye can actually see a flicker of a candle up to about two miles away. And it wasn't as if they were wearing sunglasses that hasn't been invented yet. Or putting over those sleep masks that we now commonly find as people try to keep the light of the rising sun out of their bedroom and sleep just a little bit longer. No. No, this, this is a veil. I would imagine thicker than what a bride would wear on her wedding day. You see, this veil did not just cover their eyes, but it covered their heart. As Paul notes, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. That is the sad reality of this world. Many will see the light of the gospel and many will avoid the rocks. Many will embrace this light and see the world through the eyes of Christ. But unfortunately, there are many who will see this light, hear the word, the sweet word of the gospel, but either through, either through their own design or fully captivated by the God of this world, the God of this age, that veil will remain. And they will sit there, shrouded in darkness, till the end of their days. But what's so bad about this veil? 
You know, sometimes it's nice to have window shades that can actually block out the sun. It's nice to be able to watch a movie and not have to worry about my dog moving the blinds in some glare showing over an important scene. It's sometimes it's nice to have a thick blanket that can keep the cold of Minnesota winter at bay. Well, if winter decides to show up. No, it's, it's as if this veil that you and I, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have an issue with that, right? Or would we? Yet Paul is not talking about some window shade that will block the light of the sun so that you can watch a movie without that glare. That's not what he's talking about. What Paul's highlighting is something truly, truly dangerous. Not just to you and me, but to everyone, to all human creatures. The veil is more addicting than drugs, more creative than the propaganda lies that are found in our film industry. And that we are solely being spoon-fed as we continue to watch. This veil, you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't sense it, you can't tell that it's actually there. But it's right there in front of you. And you just don't know it. And why would you? How would you know that something that you have come to believe is true all your entire life and to be told that it's wrong, that it's a lie? That what you're believing is actual filth. How would you know unless someone told you? How would you know unless someone shined the light in your eyes and showed you that you were standing in nothing but darkness? How would you believe something when you've been fed this lie your entire life and you've been told, oh, sorry, that's wrong? How would you know? See, it was never made known to you. It's not made known to us that we are believing filth or lies. Not until someone comes to us and says, hey, what you're believing is entirely wrong. But there is nothing more. These lies are nothing more than distractions of this world. Continue to hold us down in that shroud, in that veil of darkness. You know, believing that anything could be a God. You can worship anything under the sun. Believing that rules do not apply to you. Have no regard for the sanctity of human life. Absorbed into yourself rather than caring about your fellow man, your neighbor. Or believing that anyone can be as important as you. Believing that in all circumstances, you are correct. And everybody else is wrong. That is the danger of this veil. Now, I remember my time out at Cooperstown Biocamp out in Cooperstown, North Dakota. And this was many, many years ago. And I knew a pastor out there who was the pastor of the week. And he came to us preaching and talking and telling us about Jesus that entire week. And as a camp counselor, I had kids, middle school age kids, who were asking all these wonderful questions. And they're like, so who's Jesus? Is Jesus actually God? Well, what's so bad? Can the devil actually do this? Is the devil the same as Jesus? And not knowing what I know now, I, I pass this off to the pastor, mostly for my own sake. 
but it'd be nice to hear what he had to say. And he made a point with these boys. He said, boys, the devil has, does not, is not the same as Jesus. The devil is a creature made. And sometimes we like to think the devil can do more than what he can actually do. You know, thinking back on what he said, you know, maybe he has a point. See, is it the devil that is pulling the lies over us? Pulling that shroud over our head? Blocking out that light? Or is the devil the more like a salesman passing out candy because it's easier to take and you come taking again and again and again. And you put the own veil over your eyes as you're continuing to listen to the lies of the devil tempting you, persuading you to consider anything else but the light of Christ. Because unfortunately, it is easier, it is safer to hold on to that veil, to believe the lies that you have been believing, rather than to see the truth, to acknowledge it, and to realize we were wrong. But this truth isn't just something that's random. It's not some random universal truth that coffee, hot coffee will burn. Butter toast will always land butter side up. Or just because penguins are actually birds does not mean they can fly like an eagle. There are set universal truths out there. But this is far more important than those. This truth is more than that. This truth only removes, this truth not only removes this veil but undoes the damage done by this darkness. As Paul writes, seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, as Lord, who is the image of God, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, that light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, in the face of Jesus Christ. And that light was revealed who Christ is. What revealed in Christ is not only just truth, but it is life, it is hope and salvation. It is the only escape from that veil, from this darkness of this age. Not only does this light throw back that darkness, it is the only thing that would save these Corinthians and save anyone, Jew and Gentile alike, from the lies of this world. But see, without the life, without the light of the gospel, without the light of Christ, then all would continue to still remain there, remain in that darkness, behind that stupid veil, what someone else might be calling truth where someone else will be calling all the shots, selling you lies, saying that it's actually true. But that veil is nothing more than just a lie to distract you from the light of Christ. This is Paul's point. Without Christ, without His light, all will remain perishing. But that is how dangerous this veil truly is. Now, where would you and I be if we've never heard of Christ? Have you thought about that? 
Where would you be if you have not seen the light of the gospel of our Lord? Have not heard of hope and salvation found in Christ alone? Would you continue to believe the lies of this world? Continue to find safety under that veil? Continue to live a life shrouded in darkness because it is safer to acknowledge that? Let me tell what you've been believing is a lie. Where would we be without Christ? That is, that is a question for us to consider. But thanks be to God for the light that we have received. Thanks be to God for the gospel that we have heard. We have heard the good news of the gospel of our Lord. We have heard the hope, life, and salvation found in our Lord alone. Not found in the lies of this world. Not found in the lies passed out by the devil or anyone else who tries to deceive us. For you and I have seen the light. We have seen this life, and it's found only in Christ, given to us. Bathe in his light. As we bathe in the waters of holy baptism, found the righteousness robed on us by Christ, and fed and nourished again, time and time again, by his body and his blood. For this is the gospel of our Lord. Our eyes have seen his light. Our ears have been filled with his word. Our consciences have been unburdened by this game, by shame and guilt. Free from the burden of sin. We stand basking in the light of our Lord. This is joyous. This is reasons to to joy, to lift up our praises to the Lord because we are now in the light and we're enjoying that wonderful gift that He has given to us. Because no longer we're under this weight of this veil, found lost, wandering in the darkness of this world, lost in the lies of this age. This is the power of the gospel lighting our way in this life and the life to come, keeping us from crashing upon the rocks of this world and guiding you and I always back to Christ. For without Christ, we have nothing. But with Christ, we have everything. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.